Why does it seem like moms are often not that interested in marital intimacy? Barbara Rainey understands. It's hard to have a good, healthy, dynamic sexual relationship when you're tired all the time and you're being pulled in a hundred directions by jobs and kids and financial stresses and everything else. And yet, I would still say that it's important to keep it a priority because if you don't, you're vulnerable to the enemy. You're vulnerable to the temptation to find that excitement somewhere else. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. Barbara Rainey joins us today to talk about how she worked to make intimacy a priority in her marriage when there were six kids still living at home. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us with the uh, season of romance and love in the air. And let me just remind some of the husbands who are listening, Valentine's Day is coming up, and you may want to put that on your calendar or on your reminder list so that you don't arrive at that day and find yourself empty-handed. I've I've had that experience. It's not a fun experience when that happens. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you do. 44 years. I'm batting a thousand. Are Bob. you? We have Ask a, her. We have She's an here eye, with us. We have an eyewitness here, Barbara Rady, joining us. Is that true? Has he never missed a Valentine's Day? Has he always had a card or a gift or something? I've always shown up. So, well, <laughs> showing up is something else. You have been present, although I don't know that you've always been present on Valentine's oh, because of travel. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought it would be helpful today to discuss the area of sex and intimacy and romance, especially since this is something, Barbara, that you wrote about in your book that is now almost a year old. It's called Letters to My Daughters, and Chapter 6 was all about helping your daughters and other young wives understand what's going on with this aspect of a marriage relationship. And at this point, I want to read a P.S. that Barbara puts at the end of one of these letters. Now, the book has nine chapters. There's only one chapter on sex, but it's a long chapter, and there, there's like a half a dozen letters that pose a question to Barbara that she answers in the book. Oh, I just want to read this. P.S. There are additional unseen benefits to regular sexual relations in marriage. Three little facts I learned from one of our Family Life Today radio guests. Number one, the chemicals oxytocin and dopamine when released in the brain, increase bonding. The re-expression of love and commitment strengthens mutual affection. And there is a sense of satisfaction in keeping intimacy alive, even if the actual experience isn't a great one. The last is my favorite, because in our marriage— Now, this is really interesting for me to read on air, because, Bob, you know, you have people come up to us and they say, you guys, all you do is present a perfect— A perfect picture of marriage. Well, I'm about to dispel that (laughs) in what I'm about to read that my wife wrote in this book. The last one is my favorite because in our marriage, sex hasn't always been accompanied by fireworks. Among a lot of good to great experiences, we've also had 
some pretty lousy encounters. Did you really write that in this book? I that, did. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you still don't like it very I, much. I don't. I don't. I, I complained about this when I edited it, but you didn't take it out. Some pretty lousy encounters, some that left us both either disappointed or hurt. That makes the chemical facts all the more important because even not-so-great sex still bonds us together. Nice to know, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I really appreciate Barbara's honesty about our marriage because I think a lot of people out there are hurting. They think they're the only ones that ever had a lousy encounter around the sexual relationship. When you and Dennis together wrote the book Rekindling Your Romance, you Uh talked about seasons of a marriage. You talked about early love. And then you talked about kind of this middle season Mm -hmm. where it just can kind of get routine. And a lot of husbands and wives in the middle of raising kids and going through things, they hit that season and they think to one another, this is it. This is what we're left with. And they're frustrated and they're disappointed and they wonder if they switch partners, if things would get better for them. Or let me tell you this. Barbara spoke to one group of women and talked about a no-sex marriage Mm. where people just give up, toss in the towel, and say, we're done. And and we've talked to couples who have said it's been two years, Mm -hmm. three years since we've been intimate with one another. And we're committed and we still love each other, but we've just kind of given up on that area of our marriage. And you would say to a wife who says... We've given up and we're content and and it's working out for us. What would you say? I would say that's a dangerous assumption. I think that it's a very real possibility in a lot of marriages because you're right. There is a middle ground in marriage where it's just hard work because you have so many demands on both of your lives and um, there's not much energy left over. There's not much enthusiasm. There's there's not much rest. And it's hard to have a good, healthy, dynamic sexual relationship when you're tired all the time and you're being pulled in a hundred directions by jobs and kids and financial stresses and everything else. And yet, I would still say that it's important to keep it a priority because if you don't, you're vulnerable to the enemy. You're vulnerable to the temptation to find that excitement somewhere else, which is why there are so many affairs. There are so many couples who are splitting up and finding new partners because it is exciting. They're finding that excitement that they once had in their in the early days of their marriage, but it's not going to satisfy. It's not going to replace. It's not going to be better. It's actually going to be more complicated. I really believe, and I've, I've repeated it multiple times in my book, that God is big enough to change any marriage. I strongly believe that his word is true when he said, nothing is too hard for me. So you may look at your marriage and you may go, this is impossible. This is just too hard. I just don't think there's any way out. And I want you to know I felt that way. I remember feeling that way different times in those middle years of marriage when we were swamped with kids in life. And it felt too hard, but I knew that God meant what he said when he said, nothing is impossible for me. And so therefore, if I believe in God, and I do, then I have to take him at his word and I have to go to him and say, this feels impossible. This feels too difficult, 
but I know that you can bring life back to our marriage. And if you don't quit, then there's always the hope of the redemption. There's the hope of God bringing new life back into your marriage. But when you quit, you've basically slammed the door on the possibility of God working a miracle. And I think that's a tragedy. And there's a biblical admonition that Paul gives us from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He said, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. And it goes on to talk about the the wife doesn't have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and the husband doesn't have authority over his body, but the wife does. And what what I think Paul is is exhorting us to here is you got to pay attention to one of the strongest drives in humanity. I got to think about this. There's really only a couple of drives, I think, such as the need for oxygen Mm. and the need for water and food that would supplant sexuality. You think survival might be a little ahead of— Well, those are both survival categories, but the point is the urge for two people to merge was put there by God. And I've thought about this many times. It's a good thing in most marriages that one of the two of you— has a stronger desire to be with the other in the area of sexuality. Why? Because if one of you didn't have a pursuit, what might happen? You just have two people spinning plates, Mm -hmm. off doing their own thing, and occasionally coming back like roommates at a house to be able to maybe, you know, touch each other with eyesight, but never emotionally, never in depth with a true, real relationship the way God designed it in marriage. And so I think God in his ingenuity has made something powerful here that too often has been called dirty. It really is a healthy desire for two people to become one. So this brings up the issue then, Barbara. How would you coach a wife? Is it ever appropriate for her to say, no, not now, not tonight, not interested right now? And how should she say that? And what are the legitimate reasons for her to say, I I can't be with you? Is it because I'm too tired or because you hurt me the other day or what works here? Well, first of all, I think she does have a responsibility to be honest with her husband. And I think that faking it, um, faking being together sexually isn't going to accomplish anything. So if there is emotional distance between you and you're feeling hurt because of something he said, or if you really are so exhausted that you just can't function anymore that day, I, those are real life issues that we all deal with, that we all feel. And the purpose of of sex and of coming together is for intimacy. It's for transparency. It's for sharing our lives together. And so I don't think there is anything wrong with delaying it. I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman expressing how she feels or what her needs are, because to not do that is to be disingenuous. And That's not transparency. So if the goal is transparency, the goal is intimacy and oneness, you have to be real. You have to be honest. Now, the way you do that, I think, is what's most important. And that is is that you can say, I just can't tonight, or I feel like we've got to finish talking about this argument that we had two days ago, or whatever it might be. 
it's the way in which you communicate that that matters to your husband. So it must be done with respect. It must be done with commitment. It must be done with love. You say something like, I need you to know what I'm feeling. Can we talk about this now or should we talk about it later? But I need some resolution in this area of our relationship. And if you communicate that you're committed to him and you say, I'm committed to you and I'm going to work this out and I want to be with you, just not tonight or just not right now, I think that's perfectly acceptable as long as not right now doesn't turn into two years. I think it needs to be an agreement between a husband and a wife, and they talk about it, and they find a solution together that works for both of them. It has to be mutual. That's 1 Corinthians 7 again, isn't it, Dennis? It is. Uh, Paul goes on to say, Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come back together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I mean, we live in a highly sexualized culture. We've got to understand one another. And here's where Barbara's book does an outstanding job of helping young wives, and as far as that matters, older wives, Mm -hmm. understand their husbands in this area and how they are made by God and that it's good. It's not bad. It's not evil. But that they should bless their husbands and uh, not ignore him. And if you if you need to say, not tonight, sweetheart, don't ignore it tomorrow night and the next night and the next night and the next night. So the wife who is feeling tonight, I think he might be interested. I just, I don't know, maybe if I just go to bed early, I don't say anything. I just fall, you know, he comes in, finds me asleep, then he'll leave me alone. She gets a little passive aggressive with how she handles this. She finds ways to dodge or avoid. And and do you think a guy doesn't know this? (laughs) Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, he does. So to that wife, you'd say, it's time to get this out in the open and have the conversation. Yeah, I do. I think it's much better to talk about it. I mean, I think it's a temptation for all of us women to want to just kind of avoid it and hope it'll go away when we're too tired or overwhelmed or whatever. But... Making it go away isn't the solution. It's not the solution to any kind of a of a disagreement or an impasse or something that's between you as husband and wife. And it it's like the part that Dennis read earlier in my book that even not so great sex is still bonding. And so it's remembering what's true. It's remembering the value that God places on your marriage and on the sexual part of your marriage relationship. And it's going to him and saying, I am really exhausted but I sense that you might be interested in making love tonight or having sex tonight. So can we talk about that? Can we talk about a solution? Can we figure out what we want to do together so that we're mutually agreeing and she's not controlling by being passive and going to sleep ahead of time and hoping he won't notice? Does that make sense? It does. What What do you say then to the wife who says, you know what, 30 pounds ago he was attractive. Today, I'm just not attracted to him. Or she says, 30 pounds ago, I felt attractive. Mm -hmm. And now I don't feel desirable. Even though he says he's interested, Mm -hmm. I think, how can you be? Because I I look at myself in the mirror and I don't feel attractive. What do you say about those issues? Well, I think those are just further reflections of our need for transparency and our need for oneness. We got married to be acceptable to one another. We got married to know one another in our strengths and in our weaknesses. And so 
when we gain weight or when things change about us, are we still committed? Are we still called to love one another? Are we still committed to making our marriage all that God wants it to be for as long as we both shall live? Well, we have to learn to love one another in our weaknesses. We have to learn to love one another in our imperfections. Yeah, it may have been easier when you were both in your 20s and you were both whatever attracted you to each other. But marriage wasn't built for just when we're in our 20s. Marriage was built for a lifetime. And you are going to go through trials and difficulties, and both of you are going to change. And is God big enough to give you the kind of love that will last, the kind of intimacy that you got married for in those years when you are challenged with health issues or weight issues or whatever it is? And I know a dad who took his daughters aside— he had several daughters, and he just talked to them about the importance of your attractiveness to your husband. You need to, to do your job of being the best, the very best magnet you can be to your man. Now, we all know that there's these superstar models right. out there. You're never going to be able to compete at that level. But you know what? You can be a beautiful, attractive wife to your husband. One of the things I appreciate— uh, about Barbara is even when she says she doesn't feel pretty, she's still incredibly attractive to me. And I just appreciated her for how she's paid attention to the process of aging. I mean, 44 years, that means our listeners know we're no longer teenagers in our 20s, okay? 44 years of marriage, I mean, you've got a lot of gravity to fight by the time you get there. So the point is, do you care enough to love your husband in the way that speaks love to him? And it's not just about the exterior, because I think what we're talking about right now, people tend to think it's the exterior. It's not. What makes a person beautiful, what makes a man or a woman beautiful, is our hearts. And so, if we pay attention to our hearts, we pay attention to learning to love well and to do what God has called us to do as men and as women, then we're going to be attractive to one another. Because when Dennis serves me and denies himself for me, and when he does the kinds of things that I know cost him something because he and he's doing it because he loves me that's attractive to me i mean i appreciate that i respond to that and and any woman alive will do that because when she sees a man sacrificing for her and we're just built to respond to that and vice versa when women serve their husbands and love their husbands that's what makes us attractive we've been focusing on your counsel to young wives, because, again, that's the subject of the book you've written, Letters to My Daughters. I did want to, before we're done, go back 22 years and let our listeners hear a clip of advice that you shared for husbands in this area of sex and romance uh, back when we recorded a series on Family Life Today back in 1995 – this is scary. Called. Is. You're, do you remember 1995? Do you remember being 22 years younger than you are yeah, now? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, <laughs> we're going to hear this clip in just a minute. Let me first let our listeners know how they can get a copy of your book, Letters to My Daughters. It's a book that we've got in our Family Life Today Resource Center. You can go online at our website, familylifetoday.com, and uh, order your copy of Barbara Rainey's book, Letters to My Daughters, The Art of Being a Wife. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com. You can also order a copy when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY. 
Again, the number is 1-800-358-6329, 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. By the way, when you're on the website at familylifetoday.com, there's a, a banner there that says Romance Me. And if you click that, there's a quiz you can take to talk about your romantic style and your spouse's romantic style and to see where there's compatibility and where there might be areas for growth. Click on that when you're on our website at familylifetoday.com and you can share the romance quiz with friends on Facebook or on Twitter. We just thought this would be something fun for you to do and just see how you match up in the area of romance. Let me also say a quick word of thanks to those folks who made today's program possible. It's those of you who support this ministry. Particularly, we want to thank those of you who are monthly legacy partners and who provide the financial stability, the backbone for this daily radio program. You really are partners with us in this outreach to marriages and families all around the world as we work to effectively develop godly marriages and families. And we appreciate your partnership with us. If you're able to help with the donation today, we'd love to say thank you by sending you Dennis and Barbara Rainey's devotional book called Moments With You. It's our thank you gift if you make a one-time donation or if you make your first gift as a legacy partner. Again, go to familylifetoday.com to find out more, to make a donation, or call 1-800-FL-TODAY. You can donate over the phone. Or you can mail your donation to Family Life Today at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas. Our zip code is 72223. Now, we promised our listeners that they were going to get a chance to hear some advice that you shared to husbands. We were recording a series called Creating a More Romantic Marriage. And we were just asking you to help husbands understand how women think on this issue of romance and intimacy and sex in marriage. Is this a story about saran wrap? (laughs) (laughs) No. Stop it. It's a a story about A plus B equals C, right? Ah, she knows where we're headed. Listen to this clip from, uh, from 22 years ago. I don't think that a woman wants to feel pegged. I don't think she wants to feel figured out, buttonholed, taken advantage of. I mean, whatever you want to call it, I, I think that that defeats the essence of love. Because, again, I think that a, that a husband needs to live with her in an understanding way and to love her as Christ loved the church. And then she will respond to that. So it sounds to me like the message here to men is once you've found what really communicates love to your wife. Don't ever do that again. She will, that's right. She will, no, she will realize it true. and she'll change the rules and tomorrow it's going to be something completely different. That's what it, it makes that sound schizo. But that's what it feels like for well, men. It, it feels like it to a man that uh, here he's doing his best to love his wife. I understand. And she throws away the rule book and says, I don't want a rule book. I don't want to be figured out. It sounds awful. <laughs> it really does. But it's true, isn't it? Well, I really do think it's true. I really do. And it's not that she doesn't want those things done again. It's not that you bring her flowers two or three times and she loves it, and then all of a sudden she feels like she's been pegged and she doesn't ever want them again for the rest of her life. But I think that there needs to be variety. There needs to be creativity. She needs to feel like he's thinking about her in different ways at different times and not just the same old prescribed pattern. So 22 years later, it still can't be a formula? Is that what you're saying? That is correct. It cannot be a formula. (laughs) 
Women still want to be pursued. We still want to be figured out. And I think it's a very good thing. I'm Dennis Rainey, and that's real family life. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say, and I approved this message, (laughs) but you didn't say that, did you? (laughs) That was back last fall. We can't say that anymore. No, it's really important that men live with their wives in an understanding way and that a husband understands that his wife needs to be loved, and that's a lifetime assignment. What communicates love to your wife will be different than mine, and what communicates love to your wife today will be different in a decade. It'll grow. It'll mature. And uh, I'll tell you what you have as you move into the the twilight years of life, you're going to have a great relationship that you wouldn't want to swap out with anybody, even though there's been some very, very difficult times. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.